Welcome to the second episode in the Allen and Overy podcast series on the European Union's Digital Operational Resilience Regulation, known as DORA. Our two-part series looks at the implications of DORA for both financial entities and technology providers. I'm Hinal Vasu, a senior professional support lawyer in Allen and Overy's financial regulatory practice. And in this second episode, I'm joined by Ben Renyard Weinray, who co-leads our fintech practice in London, and Kathleen Di Lorenzo, who leads our data and tech practice in our Luxembourg office. We're going to discuss the changes that DORA will bring for technology service providers in the EU and some of the practical steps that these service providers should take to prepare. But first, Ben, how are technology providers caught by DORA? Many thanks, Hinal. To begin with some background, DORA is part of a broader digital finance package, which was published by the European Commission in September 2020. And that package aims to foster sustainable innovation and competition in the EU, which are laudable aims. DORA itself sets a regulatory framework for financial entities and their so-called information and communication technology, or ICT, third-party service providers. The regulatory framework under DORA is intended to mitigate the risks from digitalization of a range of financial and related services. And so DORA supplements, most notably, the existing EU financial services outsourcing regime which imposes obligations on regulated financial entities rather than on their service providers directly. The financial entities are then expected to apply the outsourcing requirements indirectly to their service providers through contractual and oversight arrangements under the outsourcing regime. DORA, however, departs from that traditional approach to financial services regulation in that it imposes obligations directly on critical ICT service providers. However, DORA will also, similarly to the outsourcing regime, have an indirect impact on non-critical ICT providers. Thanks, Ben. Catherine, could you explain a little more which technology providers will be caught by DORA? DORA will apply to critical service providers, as just mentioned by Ben, and to service providers who provide digital and data service to financial entities. And financial entities are very broadly defined by DORA. They include not only banks and investment firms, but also insurance companies, managers of alternative investment funds, credit rating agencies, and the like. The digital and data services covered by DORA include cloud computing services, software, or for instance, data analytics services. The regulation will not apply to providers of hardware or telecommunication services. And as Ben just mentioned, DORA will only directly apply to critical service providers. The regulation sets out a list of criteria that supervisory authorities must take into account when assessing whether such a provider is critical. And the criteria look not only at the role and importance of the financial institution, but also at the role and importance of the service provider. The criteria that we look at are the systemic impact on the provision of financial services 
if the ICT third-party service providers suffers a large-scale operational failure, the systemic character or importance of the financial entities that rely on the ICT third-party service provider, the reliance of financial entities on the same service provider in relation to several critical or important functions of these entities, whether the service provider can be easily substituted, and the number of member states in which the services are provided and the number of member states in which financial entities using the relevant ICT third-party service providers operate. And even if a supervisory authority does not designate a service provider as critical, the service provider can request to be included in the list of critical providers. But as Ben mentioned, non-critical service providers will still be indirectly impacted by DORA because of the contractual obligations that financial entities must impose on them according to the regulation. Thank you, Catherine. Ben, what does it mean for ICT third-party service providers if they are considered as critical? Well, designated critical ICT providers will become directly supervised entities. Specifically, one of the European supervisory authorities would become the lead overseer for a designated critical provider. Now, the European supervisory agencies include the European Banking Authority, the EBA, the European Securities and Markets Authority, ESMA, and the European Insurance and Occupational Pensions Authority, EOPA. And as to which would be the lead overseer for a particular critical service provider, well, we'd expect that to depend upon which sector the service provider is serving. The job of the lead overseer is to ensure that the critical ICT provider has effective rules, procedures, and mechanisms to manage the risks that it may pose to the financial entities depending on it. It has a number of powers, and they include the lead overseer being given access to information, business and operational documents, contracts and policies insofar as necessary for the overseer to perform its duties and the ability for the lead overseer to conduct on-site inspections of any premises of the critical ICT provider. And so indeed, those powers of the lead overseer are quite invasive. As to the obligations on the critical ICT provider itself, well, it would be obliged to cooperate in good faith with their lead overseer and to pay oversight fees. In addition, worth noting that DORA precludes EU financial entities from using a critical ICT provider incorporated outside of the EU. Now, whilst some might see this as protectionist, it can potentially be addressed by setting up an EU-incorporated operating company. Happily, the incorporation requirement does not also necessarily mean that data storage or processing functions of that critical service provider also need to take place within the EU. It seems those activities could take place outside of the EU but in which case, in our view, the lead overseer's oversight powers, including to conduct on-site inspections, could extend to any premises and systems 
located outside of the EU. Thanks, Ben. So, Catherine, what do critical technology service providers need to do in practice? Well, unlike the rules for financial entities, which were discussed in episode one of our podcast series, DORA does not foresee rules directly addressed to third-party service providers. But by saying that the lead overseer must assess that effective rules and procedures are implemented, as Ben just explained, critical service providers need to make sure that they have implemented security measures, including for the access to their premises, have a risk management process, including obviously ICT risk management policies, business and disaster recovery plans, and governance arrangements. They must also be able to identify, monitor, and report ICT incidents and resolve those, perform testing and audits, and so on. So you see the obligations are rather broad. In essence, they must therefore implement similar measures as those that are imposed on financial entities. While DORA does not provide more details on the requirements when applying to critical ICT service providers, the detailed rules foreseen for financial entities can be used as a benchmark for the measures, procedures, and policies that the service providers should implement. Yes. An important point here is that supervisory authorities could conceivably require financial entities to suspend or even terminate their use of a critical service provider until risks identified and a lead overseer's recommendations to the service provider have been addressed. And so therefore, not complying with DORA requirements could have a major impact on the activities of a critical service provider. Thanks very much, both. Separately, you mentioned that DORA also indirectly applies to non-critical service providers. Could you explain how? Well, in our first podcast, we described many of the obligations that will apply to financial entities under DORA. To give a selection here, when using an ICT service provider, a financial entity will need to ensure that the service provider enables the financial entity itself to comply with its ICT risk management obligations imposed by DORA. And consequently, the financial entity will need to perform due diligence and impose certain mandatory contractual obligations on its service provider, irrespective of whether the service provider is critical or not. Thanks, Ben. Could you provide a few examples of contractual obligations that DORA will impose? Sure. Well, many of the contractual requirements that a financial entity would need to impose on its ICT provider will already be familiar from, for example, the EBA guidelines on outsourcing or similar requirements. For example, contracts would need to include a clear description of the services to be provided by an ICT service provider and related service levels. There would need to be appropriate termination rights and mandatory transition periods, audit rights for the financial entity, and of course, obligations for the service provider to cooperate with the financial entity's supervisory authority. Those are generic obligations. Some obligations are more specific to ICT risks, such as 
a requirement to implement and test business contingency plans and an obligation for the service provider to provide assistance in the event of an ICT incident to the financial entity, such assistance from the service provider to be at either no cost to the financial entity or at a contractually pre-agreed cost. Right. And I think this latter requirement will be a challenge for service providers in practice. Actually, we know that it is extremely difficult to foresee all costs for ICT incidents beforehand. Let's take the example of a major cyber attack, which can generate very significant costs. It is impossible to foresee all of those beforehand. So the question is, if it is sufficient for the service provider to determine the cost right after the incident occurred, which will be already difficult enough, actually. But the wording of DORA seems to go against such an interpretation. Thank you. And so does DORA foresee any sanctions for ICT third-party providers? And if so, in which cases? Well, DORA doesn't have regulatory sanctions for non-critical service providers. However, for critical service providers, administrative sanctions can be imposed if the service provider doesn't provide requested information to its lead overseer or submit itself for investigation or on-site inspections by that overseer, or indeed doesn't address recommendations issued by their lead overseer. And those recommendations could be, for example, as to implementation of security requirements or in relation to subcontracting to providers outside of the EU. Now, DORA itself is not prescriptive as to the sanctions which can be imposed. This is largely left to EU member states to determine. Um, and so we could see potentially a diverse variety of sanctions in practice across the EU. So what comes next? Should ICT providers already take steps to prepare for DORA? The proposal is now going through the EU's ordinary legislative procedure. And the aim is to have the regulations in the EU digital finance package, including DORA itself, in full effect by 2024. Yes, and while this sounds far away, ICT service providers, especially those who will likely be critical, should start looking into DORA already now. They can start by assessing whether they are critical based on the criteria set out in DORA and then undertake a gap analysis to assess which requirements they do comply with already today and then draft the business strategy and financial plans to cover the gaps they will need to close to comply with DORA. Absolutely agreed, Catherine. Um, processes, policies, procedures may need to be adapted. New operating companies may need to be set up. And with all the organizational and resourcing requirements that that implies, it's not too early to start planning for this now. Catherine, Ben, thank you both very much. That brings us to the end of this episode. As ever, if listeners have any questions about Dora, or indeed requests on what you would like us to cover in future podcasts, then please do contact us by phone or email. And of course, do check out our dedicated website on the European Digital Finance Package. All that remains to be said 
is thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.